We have come to a unique moment in modern history, a great pause, an opportunity to be still and listen, a moment to step back and observe our usual frenzied pace of life and the numbing required to maintain it, a moment to awake to the possibility of a new way to live, a way of freedom and ease that can only come by awakening to the truth of why we numb and hurry, a way of sharing the load with the one who makes the burden light and the joy deep, the waking way. Good morning. What a delight it is to be with you again, even though it's in a different way than we're used to. To be together like this is so good. And to make time on a Sunday to think about these spiritual things, these things that are so important. And to make time and space in our minds and in our hearts for this is so good. You know, it's been interesting doing it this way and not being able to see you. You know, I looked through all of these documents that they've been putting out about the different phases we're going through with the reopening, and I did not see a single line in there about hugs. And I'm a little confused about that because if they leave that decision to people like me, we're all gonna be in trouble because I wanna hug every single one of you all the time. And so I look forward to the days that are coming soon where we'll get back to that and where I'll just be able to see your faces, which is so, so good. I'm thinking this morning about Jesus and something that he said, which is such a powerful statement, in John chapter 10, in verse 10, it says, I have come, this is Jesus talking, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Another paraphrase of that verse says, I came so that they can have real an eternal life, more and better life than they had ever dreamed of. You know, I, I've thought about that verse a lot in my life, and, and I think in some ways that is the goal that we all have for our life, that we want. That sense of abundant, full, real, deep, abiding life, where every moment is, is beautiful in some way, where we feel the, all the joy and all the experiences, everything that life has to offer in it. I think we often experience frustration because we look at our lives and we say, yeah, but that's not what I'm experiencing. That's not what life looks like for me. And we struggle with what to do about that reality. What do we do? about that? How do we bring more of that abundance into our lives? Well, my dad was a pastor for many years, and one of the things that he would often talk about is that great breakthroughs happen in our lives when we go through moments of change. Very often moments where we didn't plan or expect those things to happen, but all of a sudden, they kind of wake us up and make us examine our life. Maybe it's when you lost a job or you got fired and all of a sudden you had to re-examine your career 
and the decisions you had made in your work and, and really look at it and make a new decision. Maybe you went through a divorce or a loss of someone very important to you and all of a sudden now, even though you had kind of wandered through the similar routines for many, many years, you're now forced to redefine some things and really look at the routines and patterns you've had. Or maybe it was a financial issue or a health issue, but during those times of, of often unchosen change, they are moments where you can examine. And that's what we're doing with this series right now. Whether you want to define it as a great pause or a great chaos, whichever one is fine and they're both accurate, as ways of defining this moment and this time. And, and to ask yourself the question, how can I make the most of this moment? I didn't choose this. You didn't choose it. None of us chose it. None of us would have chosen it. And there's a lot of difficulty and heaviness and weightiness that's coming to all of us during this time. But the question for you today is how can I make the most of this moment? How can I go through it and get to the end of it and be a better person, a person with a better life, a more full life, as Jesus said, a more abundant, real, eternal life? And part of that process is waking up. It's waking up to the realities of the way you have been living and asking yourself the question, is this really working for me? That famous line of Dr. Phil's, how's that working for you? And to ask yourself that question right now, how is this working for you? Is it working for you? And is maybe this a moment of change to pursue new insights and new ways of seeing things? Last week, Melody had a whiteboard and she was talking about these cycles that we tend to go through and that much of our modern life is built on and it starts with hurry. We hurry, we rush, we rally and race through all the different aspects of our life and then we get to the point where we just feel overwhelmed. We're, we hurry and then we're overwhelmed. Sometimes that happens on a daily basis we go through that cycle. Sometimes that cycle happens over weeks or months where we're rushing and rushing and rushing and then we feel overwhelmed. And then what do we do? What do we do when we feel overwhelmed? Well, so often we're actually not equipped, not ready to deal with those intense feelings that we have. And so too often we numb. We numb. We numb ourselves. Now, what does that mean? I learned a lot about that when I, I had the opportunity several years ago in my life to spend some time in some Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. I went there to observe and learn, but the reality is, is that I realized I needed to sit in those rooms and to listen and watch because my challenge may not have been their challenge, but what they were talking about in Alcoholics Anonymous settings was not just struggle of people who struggle with abuse of substances or difficulties and struggles dealing with substances, but it's for all of us who struggle. 
And, and they went through talking about the cycles as they shared stories of their lives. They would talk about how they had dealt with very heavy, hard things. And they didn't know what to do with the pain. They didn't know. And so they went to alcohol or drugs or whatever it was in a way that made them feel better for a little while. But the problem was that sort of numbing created whole new problems that were actually even worse and more painful in the process of them doing that. I remember sitting in those meetings and saying to myself, I think I'm doing this too. I think I'm doing it maybe in less dramatic ways, maybe in ways that don't destroy parts of my life, maybe in ways that are less obvious to other people, maybe less obvious to myself. But I'm still doing it. Over and over again, I'm going through the hurry and the rush and the stresses of my life that I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm numbing. I'm numbing with food, with video games, with Netflix, with things that make my physical body feel good, with distractions and escapes, with all kinds of other things that are not healthy and good for me. Now, what's interesting is, is that everything that I just named, in many ways, none of those things of themselves are bad. None of them, those things of themselves are are terrible or wrong or we would define as sinful. The challenge is not those things. The challenge is how we use them. The question is, what is your relationship with Netflix? If you were to describe your relationship status with dessert, with carrot cake right now, or with alcohol, or with any type of physical pleasure or escape? What's your relationship with video games like? Now that may sound like a weird question, but it is the question you have to ask emotionally, mentally. Have you created a dependence on those things where you need them to deal with your stress and overwhelm, where you can't Imagine how you would get through the day without it. Because when Melody went on through her list, she said after we numb, that numb becomes our coping mechanism. And then after we've dealt with our overwhelm through that coping mechanism, we go to sleep. We go to sleep. And then we start the cycle all over again. We rush and hurry. We feel overwhelmed. We numb. We cope. We fall asleep fall asleep. And that's not abundant living. That's not abundant living. Because what happens when we live that way is the numbing process, the relationship we build with all of those things that make us feel a little better for a time. It doesn't just numb us to the pain. It numbs us to everything else that abundant life and joy, all of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 of joy and peace and patience, of kindness and compassion, we get all numbed up to that too. 
And that's why sometimes the things that we do to cope with our pain create even worse pain. Now, what do we do about that? If you sit in a meeting for Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and let me say this, my heart over the past few weeks has been for people who struggle with addictions of all types. Because I know the power of those meetings and the fellowship of that community. And I know right now that has been more difficult. If you're struggling with that right now, if you're missing going to live meetings and getting that support, my heart is with you today. And I hope that you are finding places to get the support and the care that you need during this time where we cannot be together face to face as we were before. But if you sit in one of those meetings and you look at the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, just the first three steps. The first one is acknowledge that you have a problem and that you are overwhelmed and unmanageable on your own. And then second, acknowledge that there is a force in the world that is bigger than you that can help you solve that problem. And then step three is give your life over to that higher power, that bigger source. I heard someone summarize it in one of those meetings, the first three steps in these three statements. I can't. God can. I think I'll let him. I can't. God can. I think I'll let him. You know, when you think about this cycle that maybe you're trapped in, that you realize every day you're just hurrying and feeling overwhelmed and then in the evenings numbing yourself so that you can cope and get some sleep. And you say to yourself, you know, I, I do want that to be different. I don't want this to go on forever. Maybe this moment of change and patterns being changed and disrupted in your life is the moment where you can really look and identify, you know what, I'm doing that. That's what I'm doing. And now that we've had this pause and disruption, I can see it. I can see that that's what I'm doing. I want it to be different. But what do I do? What do I do? How do I handle this? differently. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus offers a better solution, a different solution. Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28, it says, this is Jesus, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And you will find rest, true rest, real rest, abundant rest. Not this fake rest, not this coping and numbing that appeases things and brings down the intensity for just a few minutes only to leave you with more guilt 
and more pain and more loneliness and isolation and disconnection later. But true rest, not just for your body, but for your soul. For your soul. Are you longing for that kind of rest today? Now, it's easy for me to say that and stop right here and say, good talk, good talk, go rest in Jesus. How do we do that? Practically, what does that look like? What does it look like? Well, here's, here's the thought. Perhaps what you need to rest is instead of numbing, to surrender, to surrender. And what does that look like? I, I don't know if you saw the newest Star Wars movie. I think Rise of Skywalker, right? Is that the name of it? I saw it a couple times in the theater. You may have liked it. You may have really not liked it. That's okay either way. But the part that I liked in this movie, there was this one part that I really liked. You know, in all the Star Wars movies, they use that line, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. But in this newest movie, Rise of Skywalker, they introduced a new phrase that they used at the beginning, and then it became the sort of climax of the movie. I'm going to tell you the line. It won't really spoil anything. But the line is, be with me. Be with me. And so after decades of us saying, may the force be with you, here is someone calling out to this power that is greater than themselves, that in this moment of great defeat and hurt and pain, that they would say, that the main character of this movie would say, be with me. What if in this moment, the answer, the start, the beginning, what if it's as simple as just crying out and saying, God, help me. God, help me. Be with me. Be with me. Maybe that seems too simple. Maybe as I say that, you say, it's got to be more than that, right? I have to do all, those, all these things. But that's not how surrender works. Surrender is not about you managing or controlling or having it all figured out or put together. Coming to God is not about sorting out yourself before you can get it figured out. No, surrender is about saying, I, I can't. God can. I think I'll let him. I think I'll let him. And the power of that moves through all of Scripture. Scripture sings of God saying, cry out to me and I will give you rest. I will bring victory. I will save you. In, let's see, the book of Ephesians, one of my 
favorite sections of Scripture in all the Bible, Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 16, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be lifted to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's switch fairy tales from Star Wars to Sleeping Beauty. We don't talk about this movie as much anymore as we used to because uh, some of us are not as comfortable with the idea of the prince saving the helpless princess. That's not a story we like as much anymore. But set those gender issues aside for a moment and let's think about this story. Beautiful princess who represents life and beauty in the world is put to sleep, falls asleep because of the enemy. The enemy puts her to sleep and in that moment the prince hears the call to awaken her. He pulls out his sword and his shield and he fights the great dragon that the enemy becomes, defeats that dragon, walks into the room and with great love and tenderness kisses the princess and she awakes. From her sleep. That princess is me. I don't look much like a princess, but that princess is me. And it's you. And it's you. And the prince is God. And in that moment, when you cry out, God, help me. Be with me. Spirit of God moves in places that you cannot see or understand or comprehend or imagine. He moves. And while you sleep, Spirit of God fights for you. Fights for you in places that you can't comprehend or understand. In places that are deeper and wider and more beautiful than you could imagine. And in great love and tenderness, God defeats your enemy, comes to you with great tenderness and compassion, kisses you. In the deepest parts of yourself and the places of yourself that you feel the most unlovable, the places where you feel the most despair and disconnection, shows love. And you awake. Not of your own power, not of your own strength, but because of someone greater and more powerful than you. I can't. 
God can. I think I'll let him. Listen to these verses in Romans. Romans chapter 8, beginning. Let's see here. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Not because we're so great, or we're so strong, or we have it all together. But through him, through God, through Christ, through the Spirit, who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, including viruses, I added that, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's power. That's power to awake, to overcome. And so what if, instead of moving from hurry to overwhelm to numb, today, you make a decision to move to surrender. To surrender. Just to simply say, God, help me. Help me. Be with me. And here's a vision of what that could look like in your life if you did it. In Isaiah chapter 60, beginning at the very beginning, verse 1, it says, Arise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn, Lift your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on their arms. Then you will look, be radiant, and your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. What a vision. What a vision of what life could be when we awake. When we break those cycles and routines and wake up from the numbness and the coping and the sleep to that abundant life. Life that we don't create, that we're not in charge of, that we're not in control of. In fact, it is all beyond our control, and if you feel uncomfortable, you're probably getting it right. But what could that life look like to break those routines during this time, to pause and change?
Let's stop for a minute right now and let's pray for that. Let's pray for that. And I hope in this moment, this will be something that you will invite into your being, into the deepest part of yourself. Let's pray. Father, we ask for you to be with us, to help us, to guide us, to strengthen us. We need you right now more than ever in our lives. Father, help us to surrender. We surrender to you in this moment. We give you this moment. And it is in the name of Jesus we pray, amen.